This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And our uh, guest tonight on our Hellsberg line is Jan Stenerud, the pro football Hall of Fame kicker hero of Super Bowl IV championship. And uh, he's been a great leader uh, in the Chiefs organization after he's played and in our community and has done an amazing job with his life after football and, of course, during football. Uh, really one of the first premier, if not the premier, initial premier place kicker in the history of the National Football League and the American Football League. Welcome now, Pro Football Hall of Famer Jan Stenerud. Jan, thanks for joining us tonight. Oh, Mitch, it's a pleasure. How are you? Hanging in there, pal. That's the operative <laughs> phrase during COVID because every day is a different day. Uh, a new day and sometimes a day to just kind of figure out how to get on the air sometimes. How, have you, uh, well, not, how are you hanging in there with COVID? Well, I've been very careful and I don't have to, I don't have to go any place <laughs> on significance. Uh, you know, I'm retired. I don't have a job anymore, Mitch. So I got to, but anyway, we, we, no, I'm, I'm very careful. I take this pretty seriously. And it's, uh, uh, but most of the fall I was able to break off and I enjoyed not so much the game itself. Not that good. But anyway, I enjoyed being with my friends and being out in fresh air and compete a little bit. And, and of course, following the Chiefs is the most exciting team that I think I've ever seen, Mitch. Well, I'm too being careful. Been on quasi quarantine now for about five months. If you're going to be around the team, you've got to take it seriously. And our team has done a great job, really, in handling it. But let me ask you: just the excitement of seeing the Chiefs win Super Bowl Fifty Four last February, and what it meant to maybe conjure up some thoughts of when you guys won Super Bowl Four. Well, uh, of course, I was at the game. It's been, uh, uh, gosh, fifty years to me. It isn't that long, but. Uh, it was so, it was so darn exciting. I've been to the uh, you know quite a few Super Bowls over the years, and fortunate that this particular time I was guest of the NFL as part of the hundred year hundred year team. So Bobby and, and Willie and I and, and Buck's widow Georgia and, and Tony Gonzalez, we were guests of the NFL, so we had a real good seat and enjoyed it very very much. But that made it pretty exciting. And right before that long pass is Tyreek Hill. Like everybody else, I, mean, I was wondering. I was wondering if they, were able to, if they were able to come back again, but but they did. But it's remarkable. I I am not one that scream and yell when we do certain things. But I had to admit it was it was so thrilling and so exciting. And I was there with Bobby and Willie, as I said, and we were we were just like we had won the game. It was so exciting. And uh, and just the way the uh, the whole team, the guys are, are, are behaving and handling themselves, and of course the organization is terrific. Uh, you know, Clark has done such a great job, and the coaching staff, led by Andy Reid, is second to none. So the whole thing, it couldn't have been more exciting, and couldn't be more pleasing to to watch these young people do what they did because it is so difficult to win in the, in the National Football League every Sunday. 
it is very difficult to win a game. And you go all the way and win the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm so happy for them. Yeah. I'm so happy for them. And and uh, this quarterback, like I mentioned earlier, he's probably the most exciting player I've seen in Washington football for about 60 years. But they have so many, they have so many great players, and, and it's just really been fun to watch in the last few years. I think there's some poetic justice there for you guys being there on the all 100-year team. Because didn't you guys miss the parade in 19, <laughs> the, after the Super Bowl Four championship? Weren't you in the AFL uh, All-Star game, you and Willie and, and Bobby? Didn't you miss the game? Well, uh, was, parade? There were quite a us. There were quite a few of us. And, and the Super Bowl was played in Tulane Stadium. This was you know, about six, seven years before the, the Superdome was built. But it was a big stadium, 80,000 people, 81,000, I think. And, of course, they won the game, and then the team traveled back the next day, but there were seven or eight of us that were picked for the All-Star game. We flew on that Monday morning. We flew to Houston because the All-Star game was at the Astrodome. And I remember I'm looking at my picture in my office at home here. I know, I know uh, I'm sure Curly was part of that team. I know Jim Tyre was part of that team. Mike Livingston was part of that team, of a backup quarterback, because he came back. And did such a great job, and then he was hurt for six games. And uh, I think Gerald Wilson was down there with me, and and, uh, and Willie, of course, and Emmett, I believe. So, so the, the the six or seven or eight of us were the picks for the AF All Star game. We did not we did not get to to do the parade. And of course, this year they asked us to to join, which we quietly did and appreciated very much. But. And the parade then was right downtown, and they, they, they organized this in just a few hours in 1970. And uh, from what I see on television, it was pretty spectacular then, but it was a lot bigger this year. There's no question about that. But there's justice here, my friend, justice, because you got to be at Super Bowl 54, <laughs> you guys, and you got to you get know, your, Willie, got Willie, your parade. Willie, Willie Lanier had mentioned this to, I think, Clark. With somebody yeah. in the organization during the season, I guess Willie was thinking about this could be, this could be <laughs> repeat, and he told somebody that we had missed the parade. <laughs> so we were we were invited to do that, and it, anyway, it was fun, very much so. But how much, how awesome was it that the Hunt family and Clark Hunt in specific made everybody feel like they won that game? Didn't you feel that? Like the, you felt like you were a part of that team winning that game. Yeah, the Chiefs, the Chiefs have done such a great job. And also the, well, you know, the fans are just phenomenal. But I got here, I mentioned 1967, the Chiefs had just played Super Bowl one against the Packers and they lost. But even then, I can remember walking into a, to a store someplace and somebody said there was maybe a Chiefs in the, in the store and you didn't know how to act for that matter. But it was right at the time when the, the football or the Chiefs became so Big in this town, and the same, every stadium or every game that they played in, in that time in the, in the early seventies and late sixties was packed. And, I, and, the, and the, the Chiefs fans have just been fantastic. They care so much about the team. And for people that don't uh, don't don't know that, I could just go to the Arrowhead Stadium on the, in normal times and, and and feel the excitement and see the the red sea of people and. It's, it's a fabulous place to have been on the football team. I, and I was so fortunate to get here right at the right time in, in 1967 when they were just starting to become really good. Again, our guest tonight on this Get Ready for the Playoffs edition of the Chiefs Kingdom show is Pro, Fo- Pro Football Hall of Fame kicker Jan Stenerud. 
Jan already alluded to how tough it is to repeat, how tough the National Football League is to win every week. We're going to get into that a little bit more, plus get his thoughts on Harrison Butker, the Chiefs place kicker, as we'll continue with Jan Stenrud after this on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Welcome back to our Chiefs Kingdom show on this Get Ready for the Playoffs Monday night. The Chiefs close out the regular season at 14-2, the best regular season in the 61-year history of the Dallas Texans slash Kansas City Chiefs. With us is Pro Football Hall of Fame kicker for the next several minutes, Jan Stenerud. Jan, I'm going to switch gears here because you talked about how tough it is to win in this league. For the Chiefs to go 14-2 in this regular season has been uh, a challenge. But the year after you guys won Super Bowl four, you went 7-5-2 and two, but played a very tough schedule. It was the first year after the merger. They put the Colts from the NFL into the AFC. You had to play the Colts and the Cowboys that year. They played in the Super Bowl five. The Raiders were really good. What do you remember about that next season trying to repeat as a champion and how difficult it was? Well, you know, Hank had warned us because every team we played, it was almost, you know, there was the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl champ, obviously. Uh, I do remember the, the Monday night game in 1970. That's when Monday night started in 1970, next season. And the second game ever played on Monday night football was in Baltimore, the Chiefs against the Baltimore Colts. The first game was played in Cleveland. And... Uh, it was, uh, I think it was the New York Jets against Cleveland. But what I remember most about that game in Baltimore, we won big, we won 44 to 24 or something. But Johnny United was a big, big star, big, the biggest stars in football at the time, or one of the biggest stars, certainly. And in pregame introduction, I never heard a, a louder roar for a hometown hero than Johnny United. Well, he was picked off three times in the first half, and he got two of them by Johnny Robinson. And I remember the crowd booed him almost out of the stadium, which I thought was <laughs> remarkable. And then Earl Morrow got in and finished the game. Uh, I do. I, I didn't even recall that it was 7-5-2 and five and two in that quarter next year. We did play the top schedule, but, um, you know, I, I imagine we had some close games. I don't remember all of them, but it is tough to repeat, and particularly this year, too. Uh, and the competition is even stiffer than ever. Of course, the NFL, as you well know, um, had done such a great job of making it so competitive. But that's been going on for a lot of years, the way the draft is set up, so the worst team get the first pick, and then the salary cap, everybody has to spend the same kind of money. So the team that has the best job, and if they, they uh, you know, don't get devastated by injuries, have a chance. But it is tough to repeat. And, and it, that showed several times this year, we got favored by quite a bit, and somehow we snuck by the one thing about this team, and then we were the same in those days, they must truly believe they can win. And that everybody on the team, everybody on the field feels that way, it, it makes a difference towards the end. Going back to that 70 season, Coach Stram warned you, but did you notice that teams were loading up on you? Because honestly, this team, this Chiefs team this season, and talking to the players on this show and other interviews, Teams are throwing uh, different looks. Let's say the offensive line. They're getting different defensive looks than they've seen at any time during the year during their study. Did you notice that with the 70 team? Like you, people were just loading up on you like it was the game of the year for them. Well, I think I think because they were playing the, the, the Super Bowl champs. You know, this was, this was their, their biggest game on their schedule during the season. 
So they they always did it very best. So we never could sneak up on anybody. That's for sure. Uh, as far as noticing this thing, the the alignment of the offensive, the defensive line, and those things that they did, match, uh, I was fairly new in football, and I didn't pay much attention to that. I just knew that the other team, they wanted to beat us in the worst way. And we had a lot of rivalry back in those days, you know, particularly with the Raiders, of course, and, and San Diego and Denver, just like they had now. But they did, they did play a tough schedule, and they, they, they tried to beat us like it was their Super Bowl. And what do you remember, too? That was the year of the famous Raider game, a showdown game, I believe, in December, where Ben Davidson it, tried to it, it tear was, up Len Dawson's back, and then Otis Taylor retaliated, and apparently actually ended up helping the Raiders win that game. But what do you remember about well, that? Because that was a showdown game. I do remember we were leading 17-14, uh, and we were driving, and I thought I was going to go in and try another field goal. And then Lenny is being... Uh, speared by Ben Davidson. And of course, uh, Otis didn't like that, and he, he came over and started swinging at Ben, and, and all the benches in those days, all the benches emptied, and everybody's swinging. I had probably the smallest guy on the field with a single bar, and I remember running to George Bland out there, and he said, What the hell are you doing out here? And I remember answering George, and I said, George, I'm keeping an eye on you. But anyway, somehow we got penalized. Two 15-yard penalties, Ugh. and they got into field goal position, and, and George Bland up at 48, 49 yards. The goalposts were on the goal line in those days, and Morris Stroud was standing. He was 6'10". He was standing under the goalpost, and the ball was about an inch over his fingertips and over the crossbar, and it was 17-17. And, of course, in those days, the game ended in a tie. They didn't have overtime games yet then. So that's and that tie, that tie kept you out of the playoffs because I think the uh, the uh, Raiders finished maybe just one game ahead of you, but that tie uh, kept you out of trying to repeat for Super Bowl four in Super Bowl five. So amazing season, but man, you guys had a, a tough schedule in front of you. I want to ask you about Harrison Bucker. Every time that I get a chance to talk to you, I love to talk to you about Harrison, and he had the two fifty eight yard field goals to beat the Chargers in Week two. Uh, just to, what do you see in him? And what I love about him in studying your career, same way, and I know this you're this way in golf, the competitiveness in Harrison Bucker and the way he competes as tough as anybody on that team. Well, I think to begin with, to, to, to kick in the NFL, you've got to be pretty competitive because you usually have competition in the offseason or in camp, and uh, and you're competing against somebody equal to your talent pretty much or close to it, just to win the job, at least they'll have it used to be, and it still is. They, they go through a lot of look, a lot, a lot of other kickers during the off-season, so you had to be ready to compete from day one in training camp just to, just to fight for your livelihood and keep your job. But he is, of course, he's competitive, and he's also very talented. And if I were to pick any kicker in the league, uh, I know that the Tucker in Baltimore has maybe been... Uh, mentioned most often as the best kicker in football the last couple of years. But I wouldn't trade him for, for Harrison Butker. Harrison, I think, is a little bit stronger. He's very talented. He's very good. And he's a wonderful, wonderful young guy. And uh, I've just been around him a few times, and every time I'm around him, I'm very impressed, impressed by him, and I'm, I'm his biggest fan. You know, and I want to ask you about him hitting pressure kicks and, and leading it into you, because I remember Super Bowl four. I wasn't, I was in elementary school. Nobody else was watching it. They thought we were going to get smoked. 
And I said, nope, Jan just hit another field goal. We're up nine to nothing, meaning it's a two-possession lead. Every one of those kicks you made were pressure-packed kicks, even in the playoffs, those games against Oakland and the Jets, uh, to get to the uh, Super Bowl four championship. Kicking pressure kicks in the playoffs. Uh, what about what you see in Harrison and what you had to do, and how did you get your mind right for the playoffs? Well, it is, it, it's a... Uh... You know, every game to me, whether it's a playoff or not, you, I knew from experience that uh, now the, only, the first, the only game I think I was really nervous for before the game was the Super Bowl. I played in two hundred and almost three hundred games in my career, but I remember being nervous before that game. But but also when the game starts, I always you always have a little bit uneasy on the sideline with the team is driving. You know, it's going to be a We didn't have warm up mats. You know, there was no. Nets on the sideline, and I didn't have the kicking balls. You just, you just stood there and stretched the best you could, and uh, went in there. But I also knew that once they, uh, that Hank was a general team, once you get, you know, run onto the field and, and get the huddle and they, they call field the light, uh, all you're thinking about then is, uh, is making the kick and the rhythm and timing. But I, I had very little experience when I got into the league, and the very first kick I ever tried in, in uh, pro football, I missed it, and I knew that I rushed myself. I was kicking a little bit faster than what you do in practice. So I, I learned, but it was nobody I could talk to. I I didn't see anybody. I didn't know any other kickers. I didn't know anybody that kicks soccer style. There's only three or four of us in the whole league. So I pretty much had to pick this up on myself. But I, I remember getting one tip, though, from, from Hank Stram. He said, how much do you know about baseball? I said, well, I know a little bit. And he said, no, he's making an list. Yeah, I know he's making an list. And he said, I got to a lot of games, baseball games, and Mickey is 0 for 3. But if he gets the bat in the ninth inning, somehow, some way, he's going to get a hit. And he was trying to tell me that what you do earlier in the game is not going to be a factor. You've got to try to block that out and not become a factor and cause you to miss other games. Now, I've been in that situation many, many times, and I think I had missed maybe two or so out of 30, and I missed the famous one, as you all know, and, and it still stinks been pretty good. But I don't think the nerves really had much to do with it at that time. And also, one thing about, you saw the kick the other day, some kid ricocheted off the goalpost. The, sometimes the kick is, there's only one or two inches difference between big success and big failure. So you just go do the best you can and, and, and hope that your talent and your, that your practice is going to carry you through. Jan, I can't thank you enough for being with us tonight. Perfect guest to have to get kicking off our playoff coverage. We appreciate not only what you did as a chief and throughout your career as a pro football Hall of Fame career, but the way you stayed involved in our community and what you've done to help people. So God bless you, brother. You've represented Norway very well, and thanks for being with us tonight. <laughs> Mitch, I enjoy listening to you, and I, I thank you and, and the Chiefs fans and the whole organization. It has been a blast. I've been very fortunate. Thank you so much. Thank you. Pro Football Hall of Fame kicker, Jan Stenerud. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.